Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates Interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Shell Gross, and I would like to introduce Mark Pocan, running for United States Congress in District 2. As we begin, please tell our viewers what educational, occupational, and civic experiences you have that qualify you for this office, including your experience working with diverse communities. Sure. Well, uh, thank you. And thanks for uh, doing the program for uh, voters a good chance to hear from candidates directly. We appreciate that. Uh, so I've served now in the House of Representatives for the last 10 years, elected in 2012, started serving in 2013. Previous to that, I served 14 years in the Wisconsin legislature. And previous to that, uh, three terms in the Dane County Board of Supervisors. So served at the local, state, and federal government. Um, in Congress, uh, my main committee I serve on is the Appropriations Committee. In fact, uh, we just have finished marking up all of our appropriation bills in the House, ready to get to the floor for full uh, House action. But we did committee action the last two weeks. So kind of my busiest two weeks of the year just coming out of. Uh, and then um, I also serve on the Education and Labor Committee. Um, uh, it's an authorizing committee versus an appropriating. That kind of means it writes the laws as opposed to funding uh, the programs. And then I also serve on the Joint Economic Council, which is one of uh, four statutory uh, joint committees between the House and the Senate. So we have House and Senate members on the committee, and that's kind of looking at the economic future of the country. So uh, that's a little bit about what I do in Congress. Uh, also, uh, I have previously served as the uh, Congressional Progressive Caucus Chair for four years, currently one of the uh, co-chairs of the Equality Caucus, uh, one of the co-chairs of the Labor Caucus, and uh, evolved in lots of other issues in Congress. And uh, I think that gives a sufficient amount of my current background. Thank you. What specific strategies will you promote to combat the threats to our environment due to climate change? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot we need to do. We know that we're very uh, close to the breaking point where uh, we're at a point of no return on the planet uh, warming up. Uh, a lot of people who don't want to talk about climate change uh, think it's just uh, warming of the planet. It's also the cooling of the planet, right, and the, and the violent swings that we have uh, of those temperatures. And that's exactly what we're experiencing. And we're almost at a point where um, we could see serious changes uh, in the climate on this planet. Uh, I am a supporter of the Green New Deal uh, to make sure that we have serious investments in climate change. I support all sorts of things from tax credits for wind and solar investment to uh, direct changes on things like uh, the amount of carbon a vehicle can put out uh, and many, many more things. Uh, in fact, recently in the infrastructure bill, the, we had funding for a half a million new electric vehicle charging stations trying to work towards that specific goal uh, on vehicles. But uh, there needs to be so much more we do uh, as a country, uh, especially when you look at us compared to other countries. Um, we are one of the larger polluters, uh, being one of the bigger manufacturing and, and other uh, bases of business. And uh, we have it really incumbent on us to do more. Uh, and during the Trump administration, we did less than, well, virtually every other country. I think maybe two other countries hadn't signed the Paris Climate Agreement. Um, now I think we're finally on a bit of a path, uh, but a bit of a path doesn't do much we need to do a whole lot more. Do you think Wisconsinites have adequate access to affordable health care services, including reproductive health and abortion care? What should be the role of Congress in addressing this? Well, I mean, we are the only 
uh, industrialized country that doesn't have universal health care. Uh, I even got politified on that, and uh, it, was, it was correct. Uh, so I, I am a proponent of Medicare for all. I think we do need a system, a national system, that makes sure that every single person who lives in this country has access to health care. Uh, right now, the model we have is that businesses largely provide it or largely don't provide it, and that's not a, a very sustainable model. Um, you know, we should, as the most powerful nation on the earth, be able to also have uh, health care for every single person. It shouldn't matter um, you know, if you can afford it or not. It's something that should be really a universal right as a citizen. Uh, when it comes to reproductive health care, uh, we saw the recent attacks that have happened out of the Supreme Court uh, that bring Wisconsin back to law from 1849, uh, 1849 when slavery was still uh, legal in this, this country, uh, 1849 when we used to charge a six cent tax per horse that uh, carried a, a a vehicle or a cart. And if you had two horses, you got a deal for 10 cents. Um, but that's the law that we have in place right now when it comes to reproductive health care, which is beyond crazy. Um, we need to, to make sure we respect every single person. That means the women uh, also deserve the respect to have the freedom to make decisions about their bodies. And uh, I think, you know, we need to do what we did in the House, which is codify Roe uh, into law, but we're, we need the Senate to do it. And right now, with a 50-50 Senate with rather arcane rules in the Senate, it's difficult to get that done. What legislation would you support to see that guns no longer get into the hands of those who would do harm with them? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things we need to do. We did pass a bill, a bipartisan bill, um, that did a number of things that probably got our foot wet, um, but we need to get the rest of the national body wet on this to make sure that uh, we don't have kids who uh, go to school in the morning and don't go back to their parents at the end of the day, which we have all too often. Um, you know, we have a, a thing on the floor of Congress where we have a moment of silence after one of these mass shootings. And every time we, we have that moment of silence and I never see a moment of action. And uh, at least that was a first step, seeing that bill come out of the Senate and out of the House. But you know we need to do so much more. I mean, there really is no reason for uh, weapons like AR-15s that get used repeatedly uh, in these types of shootings. Uh, we, we can uh, reduce the ability to get large capacity magazines that again, aren't used for hunting. No one is trying to take away anyone's rifle for hunting or handgun for personal protection. However, we do have to do other things that um, certainly weren't even in the minds of, of the people who wrote our constitution and, and who um, now look at a modern uh, 2022 United States, uh, we have to make it that people can be safe uh, and sound. And unfortunately, the gun manufacturers, AKA the NRA, um, are very well-funded uh, special interests that want to keep making money, uh, even if it means off the back of, of kids getting shot in schools. And that's unacceptable. And there's more that we have to do through the House and Senate. What are your plans to preserve the long-term sustainability of social security for the elderly and people with disabilities? So I'm gonna probably forget the exact name of the bill, but I know the author is John Larson from Connecticut. I think it's called Social Security 2100, but I could be wrong on that. But it's a bill that would actually do a number of things that we need to do with social security. One, um, it would lift the cap uh, right now uh, when you make about 146,000, you don't pay another dime into social security. It's actually a regressive tax that the poor pay more than the, the wealthiest, which is the opposite of how we do taxation in this country. It would lift that cap so that people who make more than 400,000 would be paying um, in more uh, into the system. It would also do things like increasing the amount uh, of increase that we give to seniors. Right now, seniors got a little extra money because there's inflation and the, and the consumer price index is up. 
but the consumer price index is linked to that increase. But generally, seniors spend more money on things like medicine uh, than they do on gasoline. Um, and because of that, we should have what's called the CPI-E, which takes into consideration the expenses that seniors spend and have it tied to that. This bill does that. And it does a number of other things to make sure that we have Social Security long into the future, but also that we are recognizing that um, you know what a senior spends money on may be different than others, and we have to consider that when we provide those increases. What are the priorities you see for the second congressional district, and how would you address them? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think our priorities really aren't that different probably than the other national priorities. You know, people are concerned about uh, whether or not they can afford their rent or mortgage. Uh, do they have health insurance for their family? Can they feed their family? Um, can they take a family vacation? Uh, beyond that, obviously concerns about freedoms, like freedom to make decisions about your body, freedom to marry who you love. Um, you know, there's a lot of the basic kind of common sense sort of things are what people care about, but you know, government and common sense really don't belong often in the same sentence these days. And because of that, there's a lot of challenges I think that people face, which is why when I go to Congress, um, you know, a body that by the way is about half millionaires and half lawyers of which I am neither, uh, you know, we wanna be able to make the best decisions for the average working family. And that's, you know, the lens I take to work every single day uh, as I'm trying to make decisions. So, you know, I think things like addressing climate change and addressing healthcare and making sure that we raise the minimum wage and people have a good family supporting job. I mean, th those are some of the core fundamental issues um, that I talk about every day, but also, you know, in the South Central Wisconsin, especially in Madison, uh, a lot of people care about things like foreign policy. So I often wind up, you know, worried about countries like Yemen, uh, which is the probably the biggest uh, catastrophe on this country right now when it comes to war and famine and conditions like that. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a district that allows me uh, lots of latitude to do a lot of different issues. Uh, and, uh, you know, fortunately, serving on appropriations, you literally have access to every single issue that's under the sun and uh, I try to be as active as I can. What opportunities do you see to work across the aisle on issues important to your constituents? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you again, back to appropriations and probably just having come out of this, um, you know, we were having lunch one day, Democrats and Republicans together and, uh, you know, under the prospect of what if the Republicans take the majority because of the extremists, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world that are out there, you know, she may be the one who rushes to a camera, but there's another 20 for every Marjorie. Uh, and that's the problem. So we asked, you know, a couple of questions, what would happen if they took the majority? And the response was, well, I think there'll be Democrats, there'll be Republicans, and there'll be appropriators. Uh, I'm spoiled because the committee I serve on has your more traditional Republican, um, where you can disagree uh, on policy, but you can do it without being disagreeable. We're going to work together on other issues. So my day-to-day -day existence, quite honestly, I don't have Marjorie Taylor uh, Green on a committee. Of course, no one does because she's not on a committee because she can't handle one. Um, but unfortunately, there are too many people like that who are now in Congress. I mean, when the Tea Party came in a decade ago, um, they were kind of the fringe. Well, now they're the moderates within the Republican Party. And we've got this new Q element and this Trump element that really have made it very difficult. So I'm fortunate I can work with Republicans on a regular basis on appropriations, and I do. But, um, you know, having served uh, in government for now 30 years, um, I am sad to watch the current situation that we're in. What would you like to say to the view viewing audience as we complete this interview? 
Yeah, just, you know, I appreciate and have been honored to uh, be able to serve this district for the last decade in Congress. Uh, I go in there every day trying to do my very best and try to remember the average person because that's who I'm elected by. Uh, try to stand up to the special interest in Washington, which is not an easy task. There are over 15,000 uh, lobbyists for special interest in Washington, 1,500 alone for big pharma. You wonder why we pay too much for drugs. Well, that's pretty obvious why uh, when you start to look at that. Um, so I don't take corporate PAC money, for example, and, you know, I try to do my day-to-day -day existence in Congress, keeping in mind the average uh, family that's in South Central Wisconsin. Uh, should I be given the opportunity to do that for another decade? Um, I, I would love to do that and uh, really appreciate the honor of being able to serve in Congress and would love to do it for another two years. I want to thank Mark for speaking with us today and the viewing, viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. I want to remind everyone that election day for those candidates involved in the primary is Tuesday, August 9th, and the fall election is on Tuesday, November 8th. And as with every election, please vote. On behalf of Madison's City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, thank you for joining us.